0: Welcome to the Buck Stops here, the official podcast of NotInHallOfFame.com, and I'm your host, Kirk Buckner, the owner and the operator of, Hall of Fame.com and the sister sites, the Fictitious Athlete Hall of Fame, the Fictitious Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Today on the Hall of Fame show, Evan Nolan and I, we're going to take a look at two very important uh, passings in the Hall of Fame world, uh, the first being uh, Florian Schneider of Kraftwerk Uh, one of the most important bands that just don't get their due. Uh, Florian was an original member of Kraftwerk, a founding member of the group, and we look at his career and legacy. Uh, We also look at Don Shula, who passed away at the age of 90. Uh, Legendary coach. Uh, Legend is a word that is thrown around a lot, but when you're talking about Don Shula, it's not a misnomer. The man was a legend. The most coaching wins out of Anybody in the National Football League—that says a lot. Uh, former, also two-time Super Bowl champion with the Dolphins. Uh, we also had a little bit of a project: if the baseball season of 2020 is cut in half, or maybe doesn't even happen at all, whose Hall of Fame case has hurt the most? So, with all that being said, hope you enjoy the
1: show, Evan. How you doing, brother? I'm doing pretty well, although uh, my job not quite sure of that because I've worked for them for six and a half years and I'm changing jobs within the company which was supposed to be happening Monday but apparently they because of COVID-19 they can't actually get my background check in time but I've worked for them for six and a half years so Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what they think I've been doing (laughs) oh okay (laughs) interesting yeah, it's it's a little weird. So I guess I'm delayed at the start, but I'm I'm not quite sure like why they need a full background check when they've already run multiple ones on me previously and what they think I have done in the last three years. But whatever. I so.
0: I, I think they want to find that jeopardy appearance.
1: <laughs> yes, that's been locked
0: in the archives forever. I hope so. Well, you did so. I I wanted to apply for that. You. Uh, But at the time I finally decided I was going to apply, then they said it was uh, not applicable to Canadians. They had a Canadian on there, though,
1: just recently,
0: didn't they? (laughs) I think they did. I I don't know. I haven't watched the show in a long time. All I know was when I went online to do that, it was specifically for Americans, and then it said Canadians cannot apply at that time.
1: Oh, I mean that's because there can only be one Canadian on the show at a time. No one can can show up for that. Yeah, I'm going to blame Bieber. <laughs> that's actually just the best thing to do. So, I mean, no, nobody's really going to disagree with you on that one.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm going to run with. I probably, I would have embarrassed myself anyway. Beyond, as long as uh, I had the Cliff Claven dream board for me, I would have dumped been okay. But, you know, there's just mm-hmm. too much shit. I just don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I wish I had done well enough or poorly enough to uh, actually put in the, who is somebody who's never been in my kitchen. <laughs> uh, but that that just didn't didn't come up to me tony curtis tony the, uh, curtis
0: is still alive we should call
1: him ask him <laughs> <laughs> so anyway uh how things in uh are you on on the liquor yet or are you no i'm uh, standing at this point? I, i'm
0: still abstaining and mostly because i'm too lazy to go and buy that buy it at this point uh you know, it's, it's one of those things that now that I've sort of like gone past 50 days, it's like, okay, do I go now for 75 and sort of prove that? I mean, like when the, when the bars aren't open, it's also really not that tempting.
1: Well, mm. hey, man, you've already passed Jesus Christ by 10 days, so good for you. I, well, there you go. See, I, that's a, if,
0: Once the religious categories go up, I, I was lost. So just as well I didn't sort of participate. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Which, you know, speaking of religion and people dying, two big people have died. Yeah. I know that's a horrible segue, but I wanted to come up with something.
1: Yeah, right. It was a tough place to go from. So well, yeah, we, had, we had two pretty big deaths this week. Um, before we get to them, though, can I just run through a couple others who are going to get overshadowed that I think we should at least talk about? Yeah, for sure. Go ahead. So... I just want to lead off. Um, So we had three, uh, I guess, less known people who passed away uh, this week, Uh, one of whom uh, was uh, Professor Longhair's drummer. I don't know if you, uh, Alfred Uganda Roberts, passed away of uh, lung cancer. At the age of 77, he was a uh, New Orleans staple on all, that, all those things, but he played mostly with Dr. John Professor Longhair. Um, I actually so
0: I to t- just had a bit of a minor heart attack, and I'll tell you why after uh, you, fi- you finish okay. that bio.
1: Oh, okay. Um, the second one, uh, passing away uh, just today, was um, Mike Storin. Who was uh, the first general manager of the Indiana Pacers and also the last commissioner of the American Basketball Association? Um, a commissioner who is actually not in a Hall of Fame. I know it's ridiculous to think they exist, <laughs> um, but he was also uh, commissioner of the CB of uh, the Continental Basketball Association and the American uh, Arena Football League for a while. Oh, okay. um, so, uh, three-time commissioner uh, passed away at the age of eighty-four of lung cancer, but, uh, the one I did want to bring up, uh, for you, um, well, actually another one too, Brian Howe also passed away, who is the, uh, lead singer of Bad Company after, um, I can't think of his name. Paul Rogers. Uh, uh yeah, after Paul Rogers left. So Brian Howe took over for him. He originally, uh, played with Ted Nugent, or Ted Nugent discovered him and got, he recommended him, and he passed away of a heart attack at age 66, but finally, uh, Sweet P, um, uh, Sweet P, why well, can think of Sweet P's last name? Uh, Atkinson. Sweet P Atkinson is, there was a lead singer of a band called Was Not Was. Do you remember their- Yes, name? they do. Walk the Dinosaur. Walk the Dinosaur, exactly. Uh, so Sweet P Atkinson passed away at age 72 yesterday. Um, and uh, I just I, I knew that was one that, or actually two days ago now, I knew that was one that might just uh, slip through the cracks. But I just spent right before we got on here as a walked the dinosaur for the first time in probably 25 years, and it is as campy and fabulous as I remembered. So,
0: <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Uh, I just want to sort of like backtrack. Uh, when we were talking about the, the drummer for Professor Longhair, I, the first interview I ever did for this website uh, was. For Charles was Charles Connor, who was a drummer from New Orleans, who once drummed for Professor Longhair when he was fifteen years old. Ah, wow! So my first thought was, "Holy shit! Did he just die, and I missed it?"
1: I I I actually do not know whether he is still alive. I did see uh, I did see Uganda passing away here, but uh, I was just uh, yeah. Well, that, that explains why
0: you were a little freaked out. Yeah, a little, a little bit too. Uh, when I spoke with uh, with Mr. Connor, I gotta check to uh, see if, he, if he's still with us because I'd love to talk to him again. Uh, he ha- he was was also the ma- his main claim to fame is he was the original drummer for Little Richard. Oh wow! And also later on, Sam Cooke, and oh god, I'm blanking right now. But his, his biggest thing was with Little Richard, and. So he did What's that, his name again? uh, Charles Connor. And he, he did that, a drum riff, uh, that, that was covered by Led Zeppelin, uh, you know, uh, uh, rock and roll that, that, that opening. So that was actually Charles uh-huh. Connor's, uh, original riff.
1: Oh, interesting. Well, Charles is still alive. I'd be happy to let you know he's 85 years old.
0: Yeah. Uh, he, he was telling some great stories. Uh, sort of how he really loved sort of like working with uh, Little Richard because, well, Little Richard wasn't necessarily all that interested in some of the women. (laughs) Okay. So he did pretty well with the groupies. Got it. Uh, I'm not going to try to do an impression of how he told me that because it will come off not very politically correct.
1: You should should
0: rerun that interview somewhere so we can all hear it again. Well, I got to – It's it's one that I I wrote it out, so because I Um, I did I didn't do I did record it and then I I wrote it as if it was an article. Got it. Yeah, that's one that I've definitely got to go back to because it was a great interview too because he was right there at the birthplace of rock and roll and then modern soul, (laughs) and then you know with Professor Longhair doing that at you know fifteen, it's just like. It is, Yeah, he was, yeah. Uh, the big thing too Because his drumsticks are actually a, a set of his drumsticks
1: are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Wow Yeah He, so. seems, he seems like somebody for the Sidemen That they should uh, consider They haven't done the Sidemen category in a while for the Rock Hall But that seems like somebody who you'd want to, Maybe want to bring up Oh, definitely
0: Well, it all depends on what, whether little Stevie's done Looking through his old uh, record collection
1: mm. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Got to get each member pro call Harriman individually. Um, oh my god! Well, so. actually, that's uh, maybe that
0: we'll start off with, with that one then, since we just uh, we're talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Because to me, one of the biggest legends that, and I'll admit, I was pissed off. I didn't see his name trending on Twitter. Uh, Bluerin Schneider of Craftwork, and it didn't get to me when I learned about it, but it's been bothering me all day because I, I guess I knew today we were going to talk about it. mm mm-hmm. Uh absolute legend i was listening to a lot of craft work this morning and i i don't know about yourself but it's like for for me uh like born in 72 i i know i'm a little bit older than you i don't look older <laughs> <laughs> says the guy so, says because you don't drink anymore it, it clears you up uh, actually i'd like to think that sort of like that's i think it helps me out because the extra fat smooths out any wrinkles i might have Ah, uh, yes that makes sense yeah i'm, I'm gonna run yes. right. it's it, it, Natural Botox. It's
1: always those people who are super in
0: shape that always look super old. One thing I've sort of also learned uh, talking about sports as much as I do is all these great athletes seem to die around the same time as the people who didn't do shit in a gym. So, yeah, It's all random, man. So anyway. Yeah, and so I was listening to a lot of that. So uh, I, I sort of bring up Born in 72 uh, – So like when I started listening to music regularly, I guess it would be sort of like the early 80s. So like there was a lot of synth pop going. And so I kind of discovered Kraftwerk going backwards and then hearing all the – and then understanding just how influential they were to everything that sort of happened afterwards. And just listening to everything that that they've ever done, just the way they – music was to them – I, I was reading like one of the biographies or I guess the obituaries rather. And I wish I remembered who it was who said that. Uh, and it was actually sort of a knock on Kraftwerk where they said like, these are the type of guys who like they wanted to, they would want to hear the planet explode just so that they could hear what kind of music it was. And it mm. kind of was, it's kind of accurate. That's the type of guys that they were. The way that they looked at music was so much different than everyone else. And then the way that everyone listened to Kraftwerk and how they sort of interpreted their music, it's such a blueprint for so much of what we're listening to today.
1: Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And Crawford's been number one on your list now for several years, right? Uh,
0: Off and on, yep. Uh, Off and on, depending on sort of who who was eligible at that point in time. Uh, They're back at number one right now. Like I know when Radiohead was first eligible, they moved into that spot. Uh, They've never been lower than number three.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and to, I was saying, to the credit of the nominating committee, at least they put Kraftuk up multiple times over the years. Just much like many other people, they put up. They, they haven't. They haven't had their way uh, in yet through the voters. Um, and I wonder if, like when Donna Summer died, they finally put her in. Uh, whether this is a situation like, oh my goodness, the main, the uh, the main person here, or one of the main guys here, Florian. Excuse me, uh, passed away. Uh, Florence Schneider passed away. Uh, now, maybe I should take a deeper look at graph work, and now maybe they get in. I hate saying that's what happens to the Rock Hall, but that's what happens to the Rock Hall all the time. It, it does.
0: And was it you who said on a, a previous show that they could probably get in via, like, the, the Amit? Uh, I always say his last name wrong, so I'm not even going to say
1: it. Uh, the the Amit E. Amit Ertugan er- 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 Award? Yes, thank you. Uh, yeah yeah I mean that that. that that is something that you might consider except they need to get every single uh, record executive who's on the nominating committee in there first but yeah I mean a musical accent some Domin and even even at this point even though they're still it's, they're not necessarily old enough for it like a a foundations of rock those those folks are like Wanda Jackson and other people in that way I, I they just need to be in it. It's farcical with the way music has gone and how far music has followed down craft work, the path craft work laid out for it mm-hmm. uh, that they are not in at this point.
0: And you know, it's not like, a, you know, we were talking, I know this is a really horrible analogy, but it's not like when we were talking about Eli Manning, how we've said uh, that there's no point where I'm ever going to see him as the top, as one of the five best guys in whatever, whatever group of finalists he's in. Craft work has been that almost... Well, not almost. Every single time they've been nominated. Mm-hmm. The only uh, criteria that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has ever said they had was influence.
1: Well, influence and musical excellence. Right. Those are the two.
0: So that they're two for two by a wide margin of, anyone, of any other group I can think of. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah.
1: Uh, the, the only thing that's I, not... I,
0: I, yeah, I was just going to say, the only thing that doesn't, that sort of gives me a bit of solace is it's not like they've ever done one interview where they said, hey, you know what, what? we'd really love to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It means a lot to us. Yeah. And I. Yeah, you don't think they've thought about it once
1: unless somebody asked them. Yeah, you and I have talked about this before that if they got in, would they even show up? And if they showed up, would anyone even know? Mm-hmm. Um just because they've been so anonymous looking to the general public at large. However, I mean, I don't know if you saw uh, Edwin Collins when he found out a couple of days ago that he, that, uh, Florence Schneider died, said that they asked what he thought of Florence Schneider. He, he had two word answers. Do you see what he said? No, I, I didn't. What'd he say? He's God. That's all. That's mm. all Edwin Collins said about it. Um, I mean, there's, there's just, there's a large portion who understand how important they are. There's a large portion who haven't quite figured it out yet. Um, but I, I hate to say I think this probably improves their odds of getting in the hall, but I think this probably improves their odds of getting into the hall.
0: No, it, it probably does. Uh, I, I hope it does. I feel like I'm sort of on this little island banging that drum, and then at the same time, banging my synthesized drum. Mm, 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 okay <laughs>
1: not 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 an actual drum it's you know computer generated but you're still banging it you're I'm you're still banging on it yeah. yeah
0: it's and, and again i and I and I, and I always ask myself every time I get this passionate like why do I care this much when I know they don't and i I think I also have a one regret I never saw them perform i I was invited to mm-hmm. do that once in Toronto and I never got around to it I forget why it was I I couldn't I, I couldn't go,
1: but oh well, no, and clear, clearly a giant in music, even if he's not as well appreciated on this side mm-hmm. of the Atlantic and by necessarily the the more casual music fan. Um, but clearly one of the giants of music uh, passing away, and the weird thing was he died April twenty first. And it wasn't told. It wasn't mentioned till a couple of days ago.
0: Have you been noticing this has been happening a lot though with a lot of the people we've been talking about over the last couple of months? Yeah, it happened in Neil Park too, didn't it? it, it yeah, it, wasn't it, it did with him, and then it, like a, a week few before others. I said so. Yeah. You know, quite a few others, and I don't know why that necessarily is, uh, other than maybe like it's been a busy news day. They're just people just keeping stuff to themselves a lot more.
1: I'm not really sure why. I, I don't know either. Or he had the audacity to deny something other than COVID. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah, there's that. But. Uh, so another uh, bigger legend uh, in, so, in, in some circles. Actually, in, yeah. I, I'd say a far more bigger name. Uh, Don Shula passed away at the age of 90. Peacefully, I mm-hmm. believe, if, if I read that correctly. Uh, would you put him on the Mount Rushmore of NFL coaches?
1: I don't know how you don't. Yeah. I mean, someone came over to Mount Rushmore the other day that I saw, I think I don't remember, CBS or whoever, for coaches, and they had, they had Don Shula, Bill Belichick, Paul Brown, and who's the fourth, um, which was interesting because I would have presumed that Lombardi by default would have been there. Mm-hmm. Um, but Shula's the all-time uh, leading coach in wins in NFL history. Um, and he's still that by quite a bit. Well, he's he's ten ahead of um, Palace, right? But he's he's by quite a bit, way out ahead of everybody else. I mean, just think how amazing Belichick has been for the last twenty plus years. And Belichick's still like sixty wins behind it, which is crazy. Um. So he's. I mean, he's the. He's also the coach of the only team to go undefeated all the way through. Hmm.
0: Yeah, and it's not I mean, just it's, uh, what he did with the Dolphins too. Like, uh, uh, coached a lot of very, very good Colts teams.
1: He did. Yeah, he no, he did. Um, yeah, but I mean, he's 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 best known for his time in Miami, um, and and being kind of the dean of of uh, of coaches for years and years and years here.
0: It's, uh, you know, I was prepping sort of like for that one, Uh, just to do the quick bios and then just looking about, looking how everyone is giving their, their condolences, a lot of the former players all using the deference of Coach Shula, which just shows how much he was loved. Uh, I remember then when I got the chance to talk to Richmond Webb, just when he was talking about just that, getting that call just from Coach Shula, do you want to be a Dolphin? and how excited he was. A, to be a dolphin, and B, that he, I remember that he said, I was so happy it wasn't someplace cold. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. You know, For us northern guys, I mean, we, we forget how much people hate snow when they've never actually lived through that. It boggles my mind sometimes, thinking about
1: it. Yeah, that's always one of those things that's interesting to me, like, in the playoffs. So, like, ah, uh, San Diego doesn't want to go up to England to play a football game, but, like, a lot of the guys playing in New England went to the University of Miami in Alabama and <laughs> Texas. Like, they're not used to cold stuff either. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's uh, – yeah, shula has got 55 more wins at Belichick. Do you know who's second on the active list for wins for the NFL right now? Ooh, okay. Uh,
0: Sean Payton? Nope. Uh, Mike Tomlin? Nope. Who the hell am I forgetting? Payton has,
1: 100, has 131. Tomlin's got 133. He's tied with Pete Carroll. 133. Who the two, Belichick's got 273. So he's 140 ahead of third place. I feel like this should uh, be so obvious. It's super obvious. He just won a Super Bowl. Oh
0: crap! <laughs> I'm still blanking. My God,
1: he lost the Super Bowl to Belichick, uh, where his quarterback, instead of running the two-minute offense, was throwing up on the on his way down the field. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, Andy Reid, the
0: mustache.
1: Andy Reid, right. So, Andy, Belchick's got 273, so he's 55 away from Shula's 328. Andy Reid's got 207. So, the next guy up is 121 behind Shula. And the guy after that is, Bart. like I said, Tom and the Carol are at 133. So, they're both almost 200 behind Shula, just to show you how far away from the average human being he is at this. It's crazy.
0: Shula's also one of those guys, I, I feel like he's in a way like Tom Brady in a way. I For the last 10 years that he was coaching, he's reading article upon article. I was sort of like back in the well before the internet days where it would be like, has Shula lost it? And then you look at everything that he did. It was just like winning record after winning record. And yeah, near the end, you're just going up against a lot of great Bills teams in that division. So that was mm-hmm. – now, pretty hard to do. I was actually rewatching that clip from Ace Ventura: Pet Detective, where Don Shula was convincing as Don Shula. <laughs> <laughs> did that? Did a great I job, read. feeling You know, looking all surprised, wondering why someone's grabbing his hand while he was just happening to happening to be wearing his Dolphins polo shirt or golf shirt while dropping off some mail. I would think that he'd have an <laughs> assistant for
1: that. You'd think. I, I was just shocked. He never was in a Hootie the Blowfish uh, vi- uh, music video, so.
0: <laughs> you know, I think now, if you try to show that movie to any millennial, the first thing they're going to think of is, there's no way that Snowflake would be the halftime show. Uh-huh. Which is actually the first thing that I think of and I'm a 40-something. There's no way. they no how are they going to market Snowflake over JLo? I don't. I don't see it happening.
1: <laughs> hey, up, up With People was a halftime show for a very long time, so the standards were different back then.
0: That was true. That was true. I guess that would make Miami the first team that really hosted the Super Bowl and won it. I'm assuming Miami went on to win that game.
1: You, you'd figure.
0: I don't. Who was their opponent in that? Did they even acknowledge who, they, who their opponent was?
1: Why do uh, I know this? It's been a long this? time since so I've seen that movie. I don't even remember.
0: What a tangent I just went on. But yeah, uh, yes. yeah pro football don't Hall of love. Famer, uh, <laughs> right, yeah, Shula, rightfully so. Uh, I guess the last time that most of us saw him would have been at the NFL 100th anniversary because he, he was out there for that <laughs> when, when, uh, in the pre-Super Bowl. And I do remember thinking, yeah, he's, uh, he was in a wheelchair then if I remember correctly
1: yeah he's been in a wheelchair last year or so every time I've seen pictures of him so but I mean even guys like Larry Zonka came on and said that he just was shocked that Chula passed away. He said he was in a wheelchair, but he seemed real he was really still really still with it and strong, and just he presumed he's just gonna live
0: to hundred because he's got Chla so there are just some people in life that you just think will live forever. I know for me when I was a kid, the first sports figure I felt that way about probably a guy you've never even heard of. Uh, a guy named Harold Ballard, who was the owner of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the reason that I'm not, I grew up in Toronto, and, and I'm not a Leaf fan.
1: Yeah, I feel that way about Jeremy Jacobs.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, just this old, cantankerous owner who clearly is out of touch, had no idea about anything. Uh, he was the guy who, like, he was like so anti-European, even though he had a, he had a couple uh, Swedish players, a great, Boreas Alming, uh, Borea Salming, uh well, I, I think was the first Swedish player to get into the Hockey Hall of Fame, but just like anti everything, just a complete moron. Uh, and I remember as a kid, it's like, okay, well, if this guy doesn't, if the owner doesn't care about the team, why the hell should I? Mm-hmm. And so yeah, did hate the Leafs to this day, even though ownership is long since passed. Well, that's all it takes sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, our, so th- we had a topic that we came. So I gave you homework, and I think you've exceeded. It, yeah, you've exceeded what I came up with. I, I have a feeling, uh, which was to come up with if there's a ba- if there the baseball season, assuming that that's going to be a half season or any season at all. We don't even know. Uh, who's going to be hurt the most. And we sort of talked a bit about not someone we thought would be hurt the most because we both agree that he's going to get in with Miguel Cabrera, but probably going to be robbed of that chance of the 500-home-run, 3,000-hit club, which is yeah. pretty um, rare.
1: I asked, and, I, and I asked you this right before I came on because we both agree Cabrera is a first battle, battle hall of famer. But I asked you before we came on mm-hmm. uh, if they, if baseball never played another game again. Which I think is Rob Manfred's goal. But anyway, baseball <laughs> never played, played another game again. And the season ended today, and nobody ever, or it's, it ended now, and nobody ever got another run, or anything like that. How many first-bow Hall of Famers are currently playing? Like, their career, not guys who might become first-bow Hall of Famers. Like, there's a chance Mookie Betts could be a first-bow Hall of Famer at mm-hmm. some point if he keeps it up, right? But he, Mookie Betts' his career to this point is not Hall of Fame worthy. So how many first ballot Hall of Famers do we actually have in baseball right now? And I think we came up with, what, six? Yes,
0: yeah, six. Is that it? Yeah, six, and then one guy I would vote first ballot right now, but I'm, I think I'm a little bit biased. Uh, so yeah, we came up with uh, Trout, uh, Cabrera, Pujols, uh, Kershaw. Verlander. Verlander, thank you.
1: So there was only five, and you had the six. Well, who you could you could argue, you could you could convince me might have a shot at it.
0: Yeah, and it's it's just maybe because I I'm so big on when someone's that dominant over even a short period of time, and that's that gentleman's Max Scherzer, and I, I I'm probably wrong when I say that at this point, but it's just I guess what I'm believing, and I'm, I'm I know I'm not thinking. Like yeah, I mean, overall,
1: I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not I, wording myself properly, I, I, but you, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, you can you can definitely make a Scherzer argument. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think there's any question about that. Um, I mean, Jacob Degrom's also won two back to back Cy Young awards, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm not with with ten and nine and eleven and eight records. That's how good he was because that Mets team is so bad, mm-hmm. or was so bad. But it's hard for me to it's hard to see who else you would put in because there are guys who I thought would get there, and we'll get to some in a second who just ended up short. And um, yeah, let's let's go through let's go through the list. So, who's your first one you want to talk about?
0: Well, the one I have, and I feel strongly, more strongly about him than all the other ones I came up with combined, mm-hmm. and, and uh, that's Edwin and Carson, Carnacion.
1: Oh, that was one of the ones I was going to do. Yeah, Henry Encarnacion is a heck of a, is someone who really needs this year if he's going to have any shot. Because all, right off the top of your head, he's not someone you think of as a Hall of Famer necessarily.
0: No, and in terms of uh, tradi- even traditional or, or advanced metrics, all he's got going for him is that home run total. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I shouldn't say that's it. I mean like that that's making it very one-dimensional – like that's putting it very simply and I shouldn't do that. Uh, you know, three-time all-star. Uh, what, what's he at right now? 1,807 hits. Great pow- – you know, really great power numbers. But designated hitter, when he did play in the field, he was terrible. His B-war right now is 36. He probably won't even reach 40 just because he's always going to be a DH, but his home run total right now is 414 and he's 36 years old, still pounding him Mm out. Last year he did 34, four home runs. So this guy needs 500 home runs to be in that conversation. Uh, if I remember correctly, I don't believe he's been associated with PEDs. I don't believe he has either. He's not something that comes to mind. Yeah. So, uh, whether he has or hasn't sort of irrelevant just right now, there's been no association with him. So I think this is the guy who needs to hit as many dingers as possible. And he's running out of time to do it. So losing a year at age, Oh, actually he's going to be 37. So losing that is massive for him. I think more than anyone else.
1: Yeah, he he needs it. So I don't work, I mean, it's a question now as to how much five hundred home runs matter again mm-hmm. because clearly during the PED era, five hundred home runs didn't matter at all. Right? And we had so many people zoom past it that the magic of the five hundred got lost. At this point though, right now for all time home run leaders, uh, we have Encarnacion is third at four fourteen. Mm-hmm. So it's Pujols is 656 because he's Albert Pujols. I don't think it mattered when he played. Right. Uh, Miguel Cabrera's got 477, Encarnacion's got 414, and Nelson Cruz, believe it or not, has 401. There's no one else above 350 in, in majors right now. The next one up is uh, someone who I will boo the rest of his career, Ryan Braun, at 344. Uh, <laughs> still one still I've been on record saying is four. What he did... With his PED stuff is one of the most despicable things anyone has ever done. Yes, it basically is. trying to ruin the guy who took the sample and destroy his life uh, because this dude cheated and knew about it.
0: Like, yeah, right. d- like didn't Ryan Braun know that the playbook was either a I don't know what I took, or b I was just prescribed something like just how he went to sort of like you know it's got to be this guy's fault has to be has to be because he hates. Uh, People who look Italian oh, yeah, yeah. who aren't—I don't know. I mean, I'm no, trying. No,
1: it's, you know, he, he, was, he was arguing that the guy didn't properly seal the bag and was lackadaisical at his job and basically a terrible worker. and tried to get the guy fired, and to that to this day, Ryan Braun could go to hell when it comes to the Baseball Hall of Fame. I'm not, I'm not condemning people to eternal damnation. Just when it comes to the Hall of Fame, I'm con- condemning it that way. Um, so anyway, back to Encarnacion though. So Encarnacion is definitely somebody who needs this based off of of where he is he gets up over 450 now we're gonna it's gonna start being a race and he's probably good enough to hang around for a little bit to where he might get another 50 homers after you know in the next few years i mean last year he how many homers did he hit last year hold on i'm looking the wrong uh 34 he's, hit 34 last year so you get let's just say he gets another 30 this year now he's at 444 and that's striking distance, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, he's, he desperately, desperately needs it because his his scores for um, the Hall of Fame monitors, the, I mean, Black Ink, it, for batting, it's a 4, and the average Hall of Famer is a 27. Uh, for the Gray Ink, it's 83, and the average Hall of Fame is a 144. For batting, um, under the Hall of Fame monitor, he's a 62. The likely Hall of Fame is 100. Hall of Fame standards. He's a 32, where the like average Hall of Fame is a 50. And for Jaws, he's 36 for a WAR and a 31.8 Jaws. The average Hall of Fame is 66.9 WAR and 54.8 Jaws. Um, so he's he's got he's 59th greatest first baseman in according to WAR in, or according to Jaws and in MLB history. So without that 500, he's uh, he really doesn't have much for shot.
0: So they have him listed as a first baseman. Like for jobs, they do. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, they do. Yeah, because he's actually played so, uh, like, more games at third.
1: Yeah, the headless is a first baseman. So his his similarity scores, by the way, for uh, batters to age thirty six, mm-hmm. are not bad. They're Mark Teixeira, Jose Canseco, Willie Stargell, who's a Hall of Famer, Gil Hodges, who's the line as to whether or not you get the Hall of Fame or not, essentially. Jack Clark, Frank Howard, Paul Kinerkel, Joe Carter, Fred McGriff, Willie McCovey, who's a Hall of Famer. So it's, that's, that's not terrible, terrible company to be in. Uh, it's just he's eight of those ten guys on the outside Hall of Fame, although I think McGriff is getting in. Um, but yes, so I mean, seven of those guys are not getting in. Not the right place to be. He needs a 500 home
0: Yeah, so like that was Stryker the one that, that, that for me struck out the most, mainly because of that magic little number. Because I still want to feel that there are magical numbers in baseball. Uh, 500 home runs still means a lot to me personally. Uh, 3,000 hits, those are two the two magic numbers. Uh, it's funny we're talking about poo holes. I, I thought that actually this might sound so weird. If if the season sort of gets rip, ripped away in half. That might actually help him in terms of magic numbers. If you want to consider one hundred a B War number, like a magical number, because he's been up and over mm-hmm. that number, and he could easily have a, such a bad year because he's at one hundred point eight. Like two years mm-hmm. ago, he had a negative one point eight B War.
1: Yeah, that, that could that could definitely hurt him. Yeah, so. I know that no that that's not going to make. I mean, in terms of overall standing, but he's not. He's, who holds a uh, don't even think about it, first ballot vote. So. Oh, definitely.
0: But it was just one of those things that I kind of found sort of interesting. And that's why I kind of, not kind of, uh, as much as I believe in advanced statistics, it'll never feel magical because there's not, not going to be something right there on the scoreboard that says, okay, uh, he's just now hit 100 in B-War. Mm-hmm. It, it'll never happen. It, it's just, Right, yeah, nobody, nobody cares. Right, yeah, so that was my that was the one that I I wanted to talk about more than really everyone else
1: combined. Okay, well, he's on my list as well. Um, so that's a, that's a good person to start with. Right, so um, so can I give you two based off of the other important number there? Sure, which is the three thousand hits. Mm-hmm. So um, number one in hits is also holes right now with thirty two hundred and two. You talked about Cabrera last week at. Twenty-eight fifteen. Well, yes. I want to get to number three in the active hits list in a second because I think he's a separate case. But I want to go to number four on that mm-hmm. hits list with 2,355 hits is Nick Marcakis. Ooh, that's a good so, one. So Mark- Marcakis is 35. He just signed a one-year deal with the Braves for $4 bucks in the offseason, so he's going to be coming back. Uh, he's an interesting... Person uh, to be in here because I believe Let me just double check this before I say What I think I'm going to say because I read this earlier In the week Uh, He has two gold gloves Uh, He finished sixth in the rookie year year voting But he's only been an all-star Once in His entire career and that was in 2018 And one-time all-stars do not often Find their way into the Hall of Fame the only, ones However, that, you know, the only ones that do are when
0: the All-Star games didn't exist.
1: Right. So he had 118 hits last year, which was the lowest of his entire career. He also only played 116 games, which was also his lowest of his entire career. So he averages essentially, uh, close enough if I'm looking at this, over his career, it's, uh, it's about 165 hits a year. Probably a little higher than that, but 165, 170 hits a year. If he gets another 150, now we're in the, the 2,500 hits, and now the count is on, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. So yeah. him missing out on this year, I don't know how much longer Marquez is going to play. I don't know how much longer Marquez is going to be an everyday player, particularly in the National League. There's no DH, although I don't know if he DH it in the American League anyway because um, he doesn't have enough power to do so. But he's somebody who, if he has any shot, needs another 150 hits this year. Um and, and because that he's going to be entirely counting on his three thousand hits number to get in. Uh, so that that's my first one. Any thoughts on Arcak? Before I move to the other guy, who's a little bit further down the list?
0: No, uh, that's actually someone I didn't have and I should have. Uh, it's it's weird because like growing up, Baltimore did not feel like a baseball purgatory, but it sure does now, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. I mean. I used to go to I used to go to a school in Washington, D.C., and I lived in D.C. Uh, in 2007 through 2010. I think I've told people before I said, partial a ticket holder for the uh, Washington Nationals at, at one point. Um, and, uh, but my uh, brother-in-law came to visit us in D.C., and he wanted to go to the Nationals game. No problem, we had the tickets. But we also wanted to go to an Orioles game. It was an Orioles-Tigers game. We walked up 15 minutes before the game, bought $50 seats, three rows behind the first base dugout and there was nobody there. Oh my God. And I, yeah, it was, I, I should have caught a foul ball except for the fact that I insist on taking, keeping score at every game of that. and actually bounced off my scorecard into a uh, guy visiting from Guatemala at its first baseball game. So I felt better. I didn't feel so bad about that. <laughs> um, cause I already had my Rob gear ball as I brought up before. um, but yeah, I mean the Orioles, the Orioles, and with Ripken were great. They were great through the Jeffrey Meyer situation. They were, I mean, they made the ALCS not even five years ago, right? Against the Royals, wasn't that the Orioles Royals series?
0: Yeah, about that. Oh. And then just ever since that time, it's just they've been. I know it's only been yeah, I think you're right. Like only five years ago when they last made the playoffs, but still, it just feels like so much longer.
1: It just feels like their last good consistent player is Mike Devereux. Like it's 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 been a long time for the Orioles to feel feel useful, but yeah, I mean that that's probably part of the reason Marquez never got elected anywhere because he's consistently great. He's hitting getting 175 to 190 hits every year, but he was playing in Baltimore nobody saw him. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so the second one who's a little bit further down the list and is a younger person, but I think needs us to get there, is uh, a shortstop Elvis Andrus. That's a good so, one, So, yep. Andrus. Yeah, so Anders has seventeen hundred career hits. And again, this is a this is a can we get in um, can you get in the hall based off of the hits? Because he's only he's only been a two time all star and has been an all star since he was twenty three in two thousand and twelve. Played his entire career in Texas, seventeen hundred and twenty three hits, uh, career batting average of two seventy five, so not great. Doesn't have, he he's second rook of the year, his first year, and doesn't have any gold gloves, anything like that. But he, like I said, he has 1,700 hits. He's 11 years in the league, and he is uh, 30 years old. Mm-hmm. So if he can get he, – he's already more than halfway there. Say he has six to seven more years, he needs this. He needs another 100, 100 to 150. He needs another 150 hits essentially this year, get him in the 2,000 range as a 31-year-old, and now he's really making a run at 3,000. Because I think that is the only way Elvis Andres is getting it.
0: Yeah, I think that, that's, a, that's a really good one. Uh, also, it would be nice to see an Elvis in the Hall of Fame. I don't know why. Yeah, well, at least this Hall of Fame. The, the Rock and Roll has got two. So. Well, they've got sh- to they spread the love of Elvi. <laughs> you know, we need more Elvis in the world. I I I just love the name Elvis, not because of Presley. Just it, love the name Elvis.
1: That's why. That's why you liked it when I called the Patriots logo the flying the flying Elvis. I do. And the Patriots come out with that thing. I do. It looks like Elvis with a weird hat. So, uh, yeah. So that's that's my second one. Oh, well, I guess my third one because you did Encarnacion. Let's go back to you. Who else you got? I'm
0: sticking with uh, Team Canada and Joey Votto. Yeah, Votto's somebody else I have on my list too. Yeah, yeah and, go give the Votto one. Well, the Votto, it's uh, he's his best days are, are are past. Although he did have a nice little All Star uh, comeback year uh, in 2018, uh, winning the on base percentage. Uh, now that was actually his seventh, seventh time he's led the league in on base percentage. So he's got that dar- that darling thing that people are looking more at on base percentage than batting average. Certainly a lot different than God when I was a kid. Nah, I. It was one of those things at the back of a baseball card. I never gave a crap about oh, on-base percentage, and now that's all I look at. Go figure. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, he's got the former MVP. I, I think he, there's a case already there, but he's, he's 36 now. He's got to add as much stuff as possible. It's hard to get into the Baseball Hall of Fame if you're under 2,000 hits. Mm-hmm. He's, he's yeah. going to get past that, uh, 1,866, but... He's, he's just now, now he's in that stage where he's got a pad.
1: Yeah, he's, he's under 2,000 hits and under 300 homers. Right. And under 1,000 RBIs. Like, he's just under all three of those things. He's got 1,866 hits, he's got 284 homers, and 944 RBI. It's entirely possible he could, with a good year, could pass all three of those this season.
0: Yeah, very well could. And hits are always going to be a problem for him because he's got that great batting eye.
1: Right, you know, but he, he but he had one hundred he had one hundred thirty seven last year and one hundred forty three the year before. He only needs another one hundred and thirty four. Mm-hmm. So if he did what he did last year, he's over two thousand hits.
0: Yeah, so like Votto is going to be one of those names. I have a feeling that's going to be debated for a long time, and I think eventually he's going to get into the Baseball Hall of Fame because of some of the advanced stats that he has but he also is in that dangerous Bobby Abreu territory also.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so they have him as the 14th greatest first baseman. Um, And just using Jaws, he's a 62 career war, average Hall of Famer is 66.9, so he's right below there. His peak war is is above where the average Hall of Famer is, and his Jaws score is 54.4, and the average Hall of Famer is 54.8. So he's like right there. He's a six-time All-Star. He, Like you said, he won the MVP. He finished second uh, back in 2013. Um, no, I was going to say 2013. 2017 mm-hmm. as a 33-year-old. I got his age and everything else combined. It was messed up. Finished third in 2015, seventh of 2016, sixth of 2013. Like, he's he's consistently up there. He finished second rookie of the year. He's won A-goal Um I mean, he's got... He feels like a Hall of Famer, whereas Marcus doesn't necessarily feel like a Hall of Famer. Andrus doesn't feel like a Hall of Famer. But Votto feels like he might be a Hall of Famer. And I think that's going to help him, because he's consistently been in the discussion as one of the best players in his league.
0: Yeah, and I think also, too, why I looked at him is his 2018 to 2019 drop-off is pretty significant, especially in his calling card of OB, OB, yeah, OBP, not OPP. Yeah, yeah. you know me. Uh, so, going from 417 to 357. So, like, that's something that is a little bit alarming, I feel, and I don't know. Votto's is one of those, one of those guys. He's, I think, he's a Hall of Famer, but I can see how he could also drop off easy.
1: Yeah, he also led the majors in OBP uh, three separate occasions in the NL and four occasions of him back. So he's led the league in OBP seven times, which is going to help. He led OPS twice, led in slugging once, uh, led in walks four times or five times actually. Um, yeah, he's he's someone I'm I can easily see. I don't think like I think you're right. He's he's below. He's not someone we talked about as being a first, sure fire, fire first ballot. But give him some time, particularly compared to everyone else I think he's in, particularly if he can get over, if he essentially did what he did last year in a down year, uh, although he dropped his batting average quite a bit. He's a 307 hitter uh, career now, but he hit 261 last year, which definitely did not help. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if he, if he can have 134 hits, 16 homers, and 56 RBIs, which is not crazy for him historically, depending on how you feel about that drop he's above all those, like, minimum numbers in people's heads. Um, So I think you're right. I think a healthy age 36 season for Votto helps a ton.
0: Yeah. Uh, Who who else you got?
1: I'm going to go back to two players on the same pitching staff, Uh, one of whom I brought up last week, who's John Lester. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Lester – let me get him here, going from guy to guy. So Lester – career-wise now uh, has So he's 190 wins, 108 losses. Now, like I said, I think we're going to get to a point now with just the way pitching is done in the majors where 300 wins is, if not impossible, highly unlikely to ever happen again. Uh, so I think 200 at least becomes a new threshold for a lot of people, although Pedro never got to 200, but Pedro was Pedro. Right. Um, and no, no, no. And Kershaw, I don't think he's ever going to get to 200 either. I don't think he's there. I actually don't remember off the top of my head. But I don't think that necessarily matters with him either. Um, but Lester is more of a bulldog who is a better postseason player than he is a regular season player, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Um, and he's a significantly better postseason player. And he's got three rings, two with the Red Sox, one with the Cubs. But get him getting up over 200 wins is important, I think. For him uh, to, to bolster his case, so right now he's at 190 uh, strikeouts. He's at twenty three hundred and fifty five. So he had 165 last year. Just getting another hundred and you know forty five gets him up over twenty five hundred strikeouts in his career. Entirely doable, um, and he's five time All Star hasn't won a Cy Young, but he's finished in the top ten four times, including finishing second back in 2016 when the Cubs won the World Series, um, to Arietta, his teammate, actually. Um, so I I think that a, a season here for a healthy Lester gets him over the minimum of requirements that he's going to need that his uh, postseason performance is going to carry him through.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to go to your next one, or should we talk a little bit more about yeah, Lester? Yeah, sure.
1: So, I mean,
0: if you want to talk more about Lester, that's fine. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, just one thing I, I sort of want to add, and that's uh, just, uh, and I know I've said this before. Just my pet peeve when people, uh, be it writers, really anybody, talk about the ba- talks about the Baseball Hall of Fame. I, I get that as, in quoting Bill Simmons, that baseball is an individual sport masked in a team sport. Having mm-hmm. said that. Playoff performance matters, and it should. And and so often, people don't talk about it unless they've unless maybe there's an agenda. Uh, they talk about it a lot with uh, you know Sammy Sosa's clutch performance or not or lack thereof. A Rod, same thing. Uh, but they don't talk about it. And they should with you know with John Lester. and Guaranteed, there's not when people talk about that. There's not going to be enough focus on playoff performance. That's sort of why I've sort of been anti Billy Wagner. Whose playoff performance is just the utter shit,
1: right? And why? Why uh, the groundswell behind people who didn't understand why Jack Morris wasn't getting in? Who was a hell of a performer in the playoffs, at least as far as everyone remembered. And and, and it was,
0: and that was a big catalyst for me. And I I get why a lot of people like the big sabermetricians. Or in advanced stats, why they would point it at Morris and say, "Yeah, he's overrated." Okay, but when it mattered the most, he was there, and that that does matter. And I think that's something that really do, should be looked at at guys uh, like like John Lester. So that, that's just yeah. the one thing I, I really wanted to add because, like, that's something that has always bothered me a lot. Even when they talked about Mariano Rivera, like, just so you, his stats were just so sick. And they were even sicker in this postseason,
1: right? Which is part of the reason, other than the fact the Red Sox broke the a six-year curse, for the fact that they started that that four down three nothing comeback off of Martin and Rivera makes the whole thing even more improbable and magical because mm-hmm. Rivera was absolutely terrifying for a large portion of my twenties. So, um, yeah. So Lester's Lester's. Uh, if you look at the advanced metrics, it's not good for him getting in um, uh, other than Hall of Fame monitor, Hall of Fame monitor likes him as a 96 and like the Hall of Fame was a hundred under them. But like under Jaws, the average Hall of Fame pitcher is a 73.3 career war. He's at 44.8. They list him as 151st best starting pitcher of all time. So I think getting over those other numbers is going to have to help for the overly, statistically-minded individuals who might be taking over by the time he's actually up there to be voted in. Mm-hmm. So the second one, can do you know who who the other member of his pitching staff I'm going to talk about is? Let me know. It's Cole Hamels. Yeah, I figured. So Cole Hamels uh, is 163, 121 in his career. He's got 2,558 strikeouts. So he's over that 2,500... Mark, he's been an All Star four times. the uh, top. He's never finished hired fifth at Hall of Fame, uh, in Hall uh, Fame Cy Young voting. But he's finished sixth twice, fifth once, and eighth once. Um, he, excuse me, he uh, was the postseason MVP in two thousand and eight of the of the both the NLCS and the uh, the World Series uh, for the Phillies back when he was twenty four years old. Uh, with the remember the year that the Tampa Bay Rays made the World Series. Um, I think they were still double races at that point. Um, but he is somebody who needs another full year of being really, really good to get there. He actually has a higher career war than, uh, than Lester. He's got a 59.5, where Lester was at like 40, what 48.4. I just had it, but I didn't remember it. Uh, their similarity scores are very, very close. Um, but, like, Blacking has him as a one when the average Hall of Famer is a 40. So he needs just to keep compiling stats. If he gets over 3,000 strikeouts, if he can get up to 200 wins, just like we said with Lester, I think it's going to make a bigger difference because Lester Hamels has had the history in the playoffs as well, but Lester has been there more often, and we've seen him there more often. That's going to help him more. But Hamels is somebody who needs – a couple more years here of really good pitching in order to even enter the conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I like, I like that one. Uh, I like Hamels a lot, uh, but I do agree. He needs, he just needs to compile, compile, compile. Uh, I have a pitcher and I wonder if I only have one pitcher. Actually, I originally had Zach okay. on, on it and then I, then I just sort of took him off. Cause I, I, I don't, I, I think he's, I don't know that he's done enough. But I, I don't know just, that he's going to be hurt as much.
1: Just so you know, that Zach Grinky, uh, an active player, with WAR. Pujols is as uh, is, is number one by far at 100.8. Mike, Mike Trout second at 72.8. Verlander's is third at 71.6. Grinky is fourth at 71. Then Miguel Cabrera. So he's ahead of Miguel Cabrera based off of WAR. Yeah, and that's. I mean, Lester's at a four to four point eight. Hamels at a fifty nine point
0: five. Frankie's seventy one. Yeah, and, and that's that's sort of why I took him off because I thought, okay, you know, I've, he's he's got a lot of this other things. And actually, I'm reworking. Uh, here's another useless thing. We're reworking the my our top the top fifty Arizona Diamondbacks uh, just based okay. on the last uh, two years because it was last updated uh, at the end of twenty seventeen. And then when I'm looking at the top 50 in WAR, just for batters, just for batters all time of the Diamondbacks, Grinky's on that list.
1: Well, Is Micah Owings on that list? <laughs> <laughs> I believe not.
0: <laughs> but just one of those one of those things. I mean, I think everyone knows that Grinky's a really good batter, but just it's forgotten how good a batter he really is
1: hmm Yeah. But Grin- Grinky has a Cy Young. He's uh one, two, three, four, five, six time All Star. He's got six gold gloves. He has two silver sluggers. Um and he's finished in the top ten of MP- MVP voting as a as a uh, pitcher. He finished second in 2015 for Cy Young and finished the top 10 in MVP awards. Mm -hmm. He's got the 205 wins. So he's over that threshold we just talked about. He's got 2,622 strikeouts. So he's over the 2,500 threshold. So yeah, I I think Greinke is somebody else who I don't necessarily think of as a hall of famer. Um, but then again, he's played mostly in Kansas city and Arizona. And I guess he played with the Dodgers too, but like he's played in places where he's not necessarily as seen played in Milwaukee. Um, but, yeah, Grinky is, is another guy who he gets up in the 230, 240 wins total. Again, wins are stupid, and we've all determined, but that's still something that old guys look at. Mm-hmm. Now he's got a real, he's got a real uh, argument uh, for getting in. So, But, I mean, that's still 35 wins away, and he's 35 years old, so mm-hmm. who knows?
0: Well, this is the youngest guy I've got, and just I kind of consider this my wild card. And considering what he accomplished last year, this will probably be a little surprising. But I got Steven Strasburg. Okay. And uh, g- give me your give me your argument. Okay, so here this is here it's a pitcher who just feels like forever he's been on a pitch count, but he's thirty now, or he's, I guess he'll be thirty one for this year. Hundred t- record of one hundred and twelve fifty eight. Now I know we just sort of like went through all about this with wins and whatnot. Uh, and that's a great, it's a phenomenal winning percentage of 112 uh, mm-hmm. and 58, but yeah. he always feels like he's on borrow time. He does. And maybe it's just sort of like this whole era, like he just, Strasburg just to me, it's almost like he's he's protected behind this this glass. Like don't break until, until you actually need him. He's the Samuel L. Jackson, uh, you know, from Unbreakable guy to me. Mm-hmm. So he's coming off his, his best year. Has he done enough to be a Hall of Famer at this point? No, n- not even close. But he's got to do a little bit more. Now he's in, he's, he's in his back nine. It doesn't feel like he's in his back nine, but he is. Mm-hmm. And I know he's got that World yeah. Series MVP, but like we just discussed, it's not talked about enough and it never will be.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, so he, I, I, think, I think he needs, I think you're right, he needs this season to keep building his resume. Yeah, to,
0: to, re, to really build that up, uh, to actually have a year where he's the ace, because he's not, Scherzer is. Mm-hmm. So like all this hype and all everything that's always been put around him, and he's just slowly putting together good year after good year, but he doesn't have a whole lot of time left to put on a monster year.
1: That, that is a good point. Um, interesting, because I, I put Strasburg in the same category a, a little bit as someone else I brought up earlier, who's Jacob DeGrom. Mm-hmm. Both of them are 31. DeGrom, instead until he was 26 in the majors, right? He won Rookie of the Year. He's been uh, – DeGrom's been an all-star three times, uh, won two Cy Youngs, uh, finished eighth another time, seventh another time, and he's finished top ten of MVP voting twice. Like, DeGrom is five years behind Strasburg in terms of compiling, uh, but is actually ahead of him in war. So it's... I put the two of them kind of together in a way, although I think if... I mean, DeGrom only has 66 wins because he's played for some terrible Mets teams. Uh, But the two of them in the same division there, about the same age, really probably could use use another season there because there's no way DeGrom is going to get in with... Like, 110 wins. Like, this is not
0: going to happen. It's um, kind of, they, they need yeah. they need the opposite of each other. DeGrom's got to compile. And Strasburg's got to right. have, like, one monster year to really put himself in a conversation. Because right now, he's not. And he's still, right. and he's
1: capable of it. That's true. No, I agree, he is. And he's got a hell of a team around him still. Which is going to help. Yeah, because Strasburg a uh, war thirty three point five and DeGrom's at thirty five point five, despite the fact he's only played six seasons. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that, that's going to be interesting. You're right; they are opposites of each other. So I had Strasburg not somebody I actually put on my list, but because I have him the same sort of boat as Degrom. But yeah, you're right. If they could have, they could have an opposite issue where or Strasburg just has his MVP season and Degrom somehow gets twenty two wins um, or Cy Young season. Sorry that would help both of them quite a bit. So, interesting. Yeah, Mike, so, do you have anyone else?
0: Uh, in ter- well, in terms of pitchers, no, that was the only pitcher I, I really had because every time I came up with one then I just pulled him right back off. Just uh, with thinking about the only other player that I really had uh, that I was sort of looking at and I almost consider him sort of like a batting equivalent, although that's not quite fair, uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Okay. Who, uh, I, I think he's he's definitely declined from, from on his first year in St. Louis. Uh, whether he can come up with something really really special, but you know, six uh, six all stars in a row you, at, at, at a position where it's pretty hard to do that. But when you look at his mm-hmm. overall metrics and numbers, he's not there. Right. So I think, and he's yeah. st- he's still potentially in his prime, probably not, but losing a good chunk of that time of what he's got left on the, on the back, on the bottom part of his drop of being elite. He needs this.
1: Yeah. He's 31 this year. He's been an all-star six times. He has four silver sluggers. uh, Hasn't won an MVP, but he's finished second, twice, third, sixth, and 11th. Um, So yeah, he's, He's—I mean—definitely the conversation. He was playing all those years in Arizona. He's now in St. Louis. Um, yeah, I, I actually didn't put Goldschmidt on there. He's only—he's got thirteen hundred thirty-seven hits. He has two hundred forty-three home runs. Um, so he's got some. He's got eight hundred seven RBI. So he's got quite a bit of making up to do in order to get there. Uh, but yeah, he's somebody who definitely needs a full year, like he had last year.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, someone who I think really can't afford to have some of his primes taken away from him.
1: hmm Interesting.
0: Yeah, so that pretty much completes the ones that I had. I mean, I did look at Nelson Cruz for a bit, but we already touched on him.
1: Yeah, so I have two more I want to talk about that. Okay. Uh, one of whom is uh, the only relief pitcher I think is worth talking about, uh, and he had a terrible year last year. And that's Craig Kimball. Okay. Um, so Kimball last year had just had a disaster of a year. Like anyone who saw the Red Sox win that World Series in 2018 held their breath every time Kimball came into the playoffs. Like he clearly seemed like he had been losing it at that point. He had, and last year, he, I mean, he had a, his three years of Boston, a 3.4 ERA, 1.43, 2.74. And then last year, he ballooned to 6.53. For ZRA, his career in R.A. before last year was under two. Um, so f- saves, I know we all think is a weird whatever stat, but he has 346. He's 31 years old. Uh, relief pitchers tend to last longer than than other folks. If he could get um, to say, you know, he had let's just say 30 saves, uh, 30 saves gets him to hold on What second here. Oh, right. I moved out of this. 30 saves gets him uh, to basically top 10 all time. He'll he'll be right ahead of Papelbaugh to behind Joe Nathan at that point, and he'll, he'll be working his way up. Uh, I think he needs a bounce back, healthy, good season. He'll have the chance to get the saves at the Cubs, but if he's going to make a run at getting to the Hall of Fame, He needs to get up over 500 saves as fast as he can, before, and hopefully he hasn't lost it. Uh, Because he was someone who was, when they were talking about the World Series, he was somebody they were talking about as a a potential future Hall of Famer at that point. But that was before he threw a 13-season, zero wins, 13 saves, and 640 ERA season in with the Cubs team that really helped torpedo their season last year. Um, so he's the only reliever I think is worth talking about. And you obviously agree because he only had one pitcher altogether. Um, and the last one I want to talk about is, um, someone who has had a PED issue, um, and sort of took his lumps over it. Hold on one second. Let me get his stats in front of me. Cause I've been all over the places that we're talking about here. Um, and that's Robbie Cano.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was looking at um, him too.
1: Yeah, so Robson Cano has been—he was second rookie of the year. He's got one, two, three, four, five silver sluggers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No, eight All-Star games. He's finished the top ten of All-Star uh, of MVP voting uh, six times in his career. He has uh, twenty-five hundred and seventy hits. Uh, batting average over three hundred. Uh, 324 homers, 1272 in RBIs. Uh, last year was his first with the Mets. Not the greatest. He only had, got to play 107 games after only playing 80 the year before in Seattle. So it's entirely possible he's never going to be healthy enough to really get where he needs to get to. But he's only 430 homers, or 430 hits away from 3,000. And I think with his PED conviction, his uh, PED conviction is the wrong word, but positive PED test, uh, I, well, writers are a little bit more forgiving of the laissez-faire attitude that happened during the P D D era, and, and giving some of those guys a break on it. Someone like Manny Ramirez, who otherwise would be in the Hall of Fame, hasn't sniffed it because he tested positive after the testing was in place. Right, um, and I, I think that's really going to hurt Cano uh, when it comes up to it. I don't. Sure, I think he's falling short anyway. He's already thirty-six. He'll be thirty-seven next year. He probably doesn't have enough time to get there, but he needs a season where he's playing the whole way through and getting as close as he can to 3,000 hits and 350 homers, which, as a middle infielder, is moving up in the right direction for Hall of Fame. Uh, but I'm not sure he's ever going to actually get there.
0: Yeah, and I think that's sort of so why I think he needs the season. I think it's sort of like why I left him off, uh, just mainly for that reason. Uh, it's and maybe it's my own personal thing because I've and I've said this you know a few times before. It's not that I don't give a shit what somebody did before 2004, but it it was different if it wasn't negotiated by your union. You know, you can sort of like play. I don't want to say play stupid, but it it, it was it wasn't a, it was an agreed upon cheating, let's say.
1: Right, and as I said before, as soon as you have bud sealing in there and Joe Torre, and Bobby Cox, and Tony, Tony Russa, yeah. who all had PE guys on their team, how can you have the guys managing the team and running the league at the time in, and the players mm-hmm. not? It doesn't make any sense.
0: No, and, and, and absolutely. But for me, that, that line of demarcation is that 2004 season afterwards. And Manny Ramirez, I know it's, we're talking about different player, but like that one is, it's got to be harder for you, though, as a Red Sox fan when you know, the
1: yeah, game comes um, up. Um yeah, I mean Manny was absolutely one of my favorite players, an absolute beast. Um he went to the Dodgers became crazy a little bit. Um his Manny being Manny really went nuts at that point. But yeah, I mean even as a Red Sox fan though, I could I could draw the line. Like we would never have won a 2004 World Series without him. Mm-hmm. There's just no argument there. Um, we wouldn't have won two thousand seven World Series without him either. Uh but he tested positive after there was testing in place. Twice. Sorry. Twice, yeah. One for an anti-pregnancy or a pregnancy drug or something along those lines. Because there's like 0% chance there's anything he would have taken legally that that would have been in there. You know what I mean?
0: Now I just, um, I'm just i picturing now Manny Ramirez on the Maury Povich show. You are not the father, but I tested positive.
1: <laughs> oh, Manny. Yeah, I, I love Manny Ramirez, but I completely understand his being kept out of the Hall of Fame, and you're not going to find as much as I love Manny in Boston, that and his throwing down of the travels, traveling secretary, Jack, uh, I can't think of his last name. Um,
0: oh, he, just then, an then, asshole. The, yeah.
1: yeah, like he threw him to the ground in like the back of the of Fenway, which is where really the last straw that got him traded out of there. Um, yeah, there's there's... It's as a Red Sox fan, he was one of the greatest players I've ever seen, possibly the most beautiful swing ever on a red, for any player who ever played for the Red Sox. Uh, but I can understand that with the demarcation line.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anyone else you got? That was enough, wasn't it? We went through like sixteen players. Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, that's pretty much ends <laughs> it for me. Uh, and we got we figured out the perfect way to end the show. Okay. Well, we talked about that. It's like, who is the greatest Disney villain of all time?
1: Oh, well, yes. I just was, I was thought you were going to be uh, amping it up a little bit more. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're into the finals of the greatest villain of all time. Uh, like I told you last week, it was a wipeout with Frollo over uh, mm. Governor Ratcliffe and Scar over Ursula. This one has been much closer. The, the polls are still open, but as of right now, it's about... 60 40 uh, in favor of in favor of frollo
0: also oh, it's still open okay I, have to, I think i have to cast my they're, vote.
1: they're still open yeah i, cl- I close them on, on the weekend
0: okay um so so we'll know so for sure who it's going to be
1: we, we, we'll know for sure yeah as i as one of the people who voted for frollo said in his uh comment underneath um and i think i've said this before in Frollo's first scene, he kills a mom and tries to throw her baby down a well. He's that's literally him just warming up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I just i just realized too, I'm really bad at that banter because you said like, hey, you know, yeah, anyways, I I've got I've gotta work on my segues and all of this, so yes. My uh, my now, bumpers are not great, as they say in the T V business.
1: But yeah, so it's looking like it's Frollo, but it's not over yet. So We shall
0: see. All right, so we got to come up with a good topic for next week.
1: I I thought we were going to have one.
0: Didn't we talk about this last week? Yeah, we did, but I'm blanking because I I think I need more alcohol to jog my memory from last uh, week. I know we had a good one.
1: North American Athlete Hall of Fame.
0: Oh, that's right. Yes, that's a damn good one. That could just be the entire show, just trying to figure out the parameters just of that and how that would work.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we should... That, that, I don't think we should come with names next week. I think we should just talk about it next week and, and try and muddle out what we what we are going to be doing
0: here. I think so. I think that's fantastic. Definitely. All right. So let's do that. All right. Well, we didn't say North Ameri- is North American, or did we just say the American? If I remember right,
1: we we call I said American, but I mean Wayne Gretzky has to be in there, and he's Canadian. So, but, but okay. Um, but I, but I, then let, 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 let's say let's say you let's say North American sports so in North American I don't mean like the Mexican soccer League
0: I was just gonna say right, then so like are, are we including uh ballfighters then or
1: uh no no we're not we're never including bullfighters. so if
0: we go um, North, if we go North American then no, now we're adding a lot of baseball players out of Cuba Dominican Republic
1: yeah, right but right Roberto Clemente could be in this Hall of Fame because he played in mm-hmm. major League Baseball
0: Okay, so then we're almost looking at the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, which includes a lot of former Blue Jays and Expos.
1: Sure, <laughs> we could also well. I mean, we could also include I don't know, uh, famous Canadian Olympian. If you like, the first one comes to mind is not a good one, so I don't want to say it. But oh, Ben Johnson, it's yeah. Ben Johnson. But like, <laughs> but like, if there's if there's uh, Canadian who deserve being there in another sport. I think we should include
0: them. Really took uh, it took all the piss out of Donovan Bailey's win four years later. Or was it eight years later? Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, yeah. so I'll, I'll give you a preview of something I'm, I'm working on now. I'm going to be talking to uh, a, a Barbadian Olympian soon. Oh, wow. Yeah, who competed in the 1976 Olympics in Montreal in the 4x400. Wow. Cool. Yeah. So, I thought that might be sort of interesting. See what he uh, see what he remembers of uh, the time in Montreal. That was actually the Barbados' third ever Olympics. How did do you? Do? Uh, uh, did, did uh, they just made the their didn't make final heat? But still, you know, just oh, sort of like uh, there. good for him. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, like there's like Barbados became a country and. Dun, 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 dun. Was it 1970? But they were able to send uh, people rep- representing 68 because I guess that was sort of impending. Uh, so there was a 72, so 76. So that was was one one of 11 Olympians. Wow! Which is, you know, I, th- I think pretty goddamn cool.
1: That is pretty goddamn cool, of course.
0: Yeah, we're going to the Olympics. It said, "Oh, yeah." So when I was looking all that stuff up, because I'm trying to do a bit of research, uh, you know, for that, uh, if, the, if that does happen, and it was, it was the the whole thing just and kind of embarrassing, as, as a Canadian, when you sort of look at a lot of things. Uh, so you remember, like in '96, when Muhammad Ali was the lit the torch. Yes. Okay, so. And then when we had the Olympics in 2010, it was uh, Wayne Gretzky doing it. Like, that's about as big a deal as you can get if you're a Canadian athlete, right? Or just a Canadian sports fan. Uh, I didn't look up who it was in 1988 because I I just didn't want to. But you know who it was in 1976? I'm not even going to have you guess because there's no point. It was uh, just two teenagers, one representing English Canada and French Canada. The unity of Canada.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. That's.
1: Was up with people playing in the background.
0: You know, it, it was very up with people, like in, in a way, because apparently that was also this, is according to Wikipedia, and I can't find the seventy-six Olympics on YouTube. Uh, just the, just little bits and pieces, and apparently it was just a bunch of people singing "Oh Canada" and shit like that. Uh, After that, it was the last one where everything after after that was more theatrical in terms of the opening ceremonies. So it was kind of up with people inspired, like, okay, we're not going to do this shit ever again. Mm. So, yay. I won't be asking him about any of that stuff.
1: Fair enough. But um, anyway, all right, so let's, let's start thinking about that, and we'll, uh, we'll get together and start um, planning stuff next week, all right?
0: Yeah, and hopefully we won't have as many deaths to talk about.
1: That'd be good. So <laughs> It would be I'm, good. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to walk the dinosaur on out of here, though.
0: Damn it, that's good. Why didn't I come up with that? Boom, boom, akalaka, laka boom.
1: <laughs> I still have it up on my screen after I closed out all my other tabs, so. Anyway, <laughs> nice. I'll talk to you later, man.
0: <laughs> all right, stay safe. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We hope everyone out there is staying safe and healthy and look for more content from us soon at NaughtonHallofFame.com.